Hello, my name is Bob Lentz, and I want to welcome you here to Front Row Church. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Genesis this morning. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 12. If you don't have your Bibles available, I'm going to read that passage to you in just a few moments. You know, I think it's safe to admit that most of us have a, a love-hate relationship with our cell phones. I mean, they're convenient, they're relatively inexpensive, and they're really practical. In fact, i got to have mine on my side at all times. But to kind of admit that they also drive me crazy. I mean, nothing irritates me worse than, than driving along, especially if I'm in the car, driving, I'm talking to a good friend, engrossed in a conversation, but then I begin to hear only every third or fourth word. And, you, and you're trying to make yourself understand what's going on, but so, suddenly, you know, the phone drops, the call drops, and you don't have uh, any conversation at all. And so you begin to call them back, and you're trying to call them back while they're trying to call you back. Nobody can reach anybody, so you finally just say, I'll call them later. You know, one of the things I've noticed about us as Christians today is that we have a, an elevated sense of frustration when it comes to hearing from God. I mean, most of us feel like uh, when it comes to hearing from God, we, we get a lot of drunk calls, you know? You, you know what I mean? It's not God's plan for your life to not hear from Him. He wants you to hear Him. He wants to speak to your heart. He wants to speak directly into your life to communicate to you personally and practically. I believe that's what leads most of us to a life of fullness when we begin to hear from God. And so this morning, we're going to take a look at what made uh, the voice of God known to a pagan man named Abraham. The curious thing about the exchange we're going to read about this morning is the fact that God didn't call Abraham, who was a pagan, crazy wild man. He didn't call him to condemn him, to judge him, but rather to bless him and to use him as a blessing for the whole world. So I want us to listen in as God calls Abraham. And then we're going to take a few of the ideas about how God spoke to Abraham and apply them to our life. So in Genesis chapter 12, this is the story. Maybe you're familiar with it. The Bible says, The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your native country, leave your relatives, your father's family, and go to a land that I'm going to show you. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And so Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed. And then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I will give you this land to your descendants. And Abraham built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. And at that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abraham to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a, a foreigner. So I want to give you about three or four different ideas about what it means to hear from God. First thing we've got to recognize is that hearing from God requires major adjustments in our life. In verse 1, God tells Abraham to do two specific things. Abraham is supposed to leave what's familiar to him and go to a place that he doesn't know. In other words, leaving the familiar and going to the unknown is what I call making some major adjustments in our life. In Henry Blackaby's book, Experiencing God, he says, you can't go with God and yet remain where you are. In other words, following God always means moving into some unfamiliar territory. When God calls you, it'll normally mean a call from the familiar to the unknown. And I want you to think about that for a moment. When God called Moses... It was from the backside of the desert to the palace of Pharaoh. When God called David, it was from tending sheep to killing giants. 
And when God called the Apostle Paul, it was from persecuting the church to preaching the gospel. In every instance, the call of God demands some kind of major adjustment. The same is true in your life and my life. Now, what kinds of adjustments did Abraham have to make in order to follow God? I think we can categorize these, these adjustments with two very familiar words. Abraham was called to make a step of action and a step of faith. The step of action finds its focus in this word, I want you to leave. That took real determination on Abraham's part to leave the things that he was familiar with. Think about this. The Bible says in verse 1, God says, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your relatives. I want you to leave your father's house. And to leave his house, or to leave the country rather, meant leaving his old associations, his buddies, the people he grew up with, his business associates, his family, friends, all those people that he was familiar with. Leaving his country meant Abraham would have to leave and relinquish his inheritance. In other words, giving up that which gave him a sense of security and a sense of belonging. This was a call to break away from the past and look to the future. It is exactly the same call that you and I face when we follow God. God's call on Abraham to leave his relatives and his father's house was a demand to sever the ties with what brought comfort and security. It was all in his past. And really, that was just a simple call to separation. So instead of finding his strength and security in the things that he knew, from that moment on, Abraham would have to rely upon God. I want you to remember, Abraham's life, there was, it was an example for you and me. That's what the Bible says. Abraham was a, a model, uh, kind of a, a mentor for you and me. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says, uh, when a person becomes a Christian, he becomes a new person. They're not the same anymore. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And so God's call on your life will always demand action. And this action will mean very little unless it's accompanied by faith. In the last part of verse 1, God says, I want you to go to a land that I will show you. In Hebrews 8, it makes it even clearer. It says, Abraham obeyed God and he went without knowing where he was going. Now, I got to tell you, there's not much that makes me more uncomfortable than having to go out someplace without me knowing where I'm going. When Nancy and I take a trip, when we travel, I'm always the one who makes sure we know where we're going, when we're leaving, when we're going to get there, all those kind of details. But when God calls you, the chances are pretty good that he won't disclose your final destination. You know why? It's because he's more interested in what you do during the journey than he is arriving at your final destination. And here's the reason. Because your journey is all about the faith, the steps of faith you have to take in order to get it to the final destination. Now, can you imagine what Abraham's family and friends thought when he told them about his upcoming journey? He probably gathered his buddies and his family and said, Hey, guys, I am taking off. I'm hearing from God. I'm going to leave everything behind, everything I know. I'm not sure if I'll ever see you guys again. I'm going to follow wherever God leads me. And his family kind of looks at him, you know, with that funny look and says, well, uh, Abraham, uh, where's God leading you? And Abraham says, ah, I don't really know. He's going to tell me later. He's just leading me somewhere. Now, that's what faith is all about. Faith is a scary proposition. And here's why. It's because it's a journey into the unknown. For some of you, buying your first home, moving to a new city, starting a new business, getting married, all those things 
were uh, unfamiliar territory. This new uh, feeling of uncertainty that you're having, you're probably wondering, am I heading in the right direction? Did God really call me to step out in that direction? Do you know what I found out about God's call? He always calls you to make a break with your past so that you can enjoy your present and yet be ready to uproot that present in order to dream about your future. In other words, following God is always a step-by-step process, always going towards the unknown. Some of you are worried about your future right now, I'm sure. Let me give you a verse to think about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Bible says, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. See, Abraham had no idea where he was going to end up. But that was okay because he trusted God. He believed in God. I think that's what God is looking for in your life and my life. Today, perhaps today God is calling you to step out in faith. It is a simple trust regardless of where we end up. It's just saying, God, I'm willing to go wherever you lead. Second thing we see about Abraham's call is that God's voice is accompanied by his promises. And this is is what I love. In the first three verses, we find that these verses are filled with the I wills of God. Listen to what God says to Abraham. I will show you, I will cause you, I will bless you, and I will make you. Do you notice the the thing that's uh, missing in those three I wills or four I wills? In none of those do we find a reason for what we're called to do. See, most of us want a reason. We want an explanation for why we're leaving the familiar and why we're going to the unknown. We want to, we want to make sure that we know what's going to happen when we reach there. But God rarely gives us reasons. He simply gives us His promises. He makes a promise of adequate provision and a hopeful future and an eternal impact. Listen to what He says to Abraham. It is a promise of provision. Abraham's life was going to be in a land that will one day belong to his descendants. Now, the peculiar thing about this land was the fact that Abraham never owned a single acre of it while he lived, and yet that land supported him for most of his life. And here's what I want you to remember. Provision is not always the same as ownership. It doesn't matter how many acres you have, how many homes you have, how many short-term rentals you own. What matters most is what are you doing with the things God has provided for you? Are you using those things to advance his kingdom? Are you doing things that will step forward toward his kingdom? Second promise has to do with Abraham's future. Look at what it says in verse 2. The Bible says, I will make you the father of a great nation. Now, when God made this promise, we're told that Abraham's life, uh, Abraham's wife was barren. She couldn't have kids. So God was going to make Abraham a father, and we wonder, well, how's that happen? It's going to take a miracle. And God did exactly what was needed. Now, remember, God's promise took a lot longer than Abraham was comfortable with. In fact, the promise wasn't fulfilled until Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 75 years old. Now, that's a miracle. But it took a lot longer than Abraham was comfortable with in Often in your life and my life, when God's promises are given to us, it may take a while. When it comes to your future, it may be a a ways off. But I promise you this, whatever God does, it's worth the wait. The third promise is one that reaches beyond the physical realm and touches eternity. The last phrase in verse 
of, of these promises says this, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Now, what in the world did that mean? How could Abraham, a pagan, a simple nomad, living in the middle of nowhere, how could his life bless every family in the world? Well, this is what's called a prophetic blessing. It was really speaking about the coming of the Messiah. And God was promising Abraham that one of his descendants would be the Messiah, and through him all the world would be blessed. Now, wow, you talk about a promise. Think about that kind of promise, and I want you to apply it to your life. Not that you're going to have the Messiah in your, in your family, but that you might have a legacy. What kind of legacy can you leave for your kids, for your grandkids, for your community, for whomever's out there? Your life ought to leave a legacy. Third thing we see about this encounter with God is that God's voice knows no boundaries. You know, it amazes me when I stop and think about all the boundaries and the barriers that we tend to erect when it comes to hearing from God. One of the first things that comes to your mind uh, when you, you talk about hearing from God is you begin to think, well, is there anything significant about me? I mean, why would I hear from God? I'm, I'm not capable. I'm, I'm not gifted. I've never done anything before. So why in the world would God speak to my heart? Well, that's what we call the boundary of ability. See, God doesn't choose you according to your abilities. If he did, none of us would be chosen. I want you to look at Abraham for a moment and think about his, uh, his abilities. What did he possess to become a father of the faithful and a leader of a new nation? He didn't have any abilities, no capability. No, no past history of doing of any of these things, and yet God used him in spite of his lack of abilities. The other popular boundary that most of us talk about is when, when it comes to hearing from God, we say, well, uh, you know, people get disqualified all the time because of their past. You ever thought to yourself, you know, God could never use me because of what I did back then, the way I was, the sins I committed, the things that nobody knows about. Surely God's not going to use me because of what I've done in my past. But that's simply not the truth. That's the good news is that God's call comes to all people. When God called Abraham out of Ur, you know, he wasn't a righteous man. He wasn't a faithful guy. He wasn't a man in Sunday school. In fact, we find out that he was a pagan idol worshiper when God called him. But just like everybody else in Ur, he was lost and clueless, and yet God called him. God wanted to use him. Even with that kind of past life, God didn't stop calling him. But rather, he said, I'm going to use this man to change the destinies of millions and millions of people. There's one other barrier that most of us think about, especially me. It's the barrier of age. We say, well, how many times has somebody told you, you know, you, you can't do it because of your age. You're too old. You're too young. You're too inexperienced, whatever it may be. In Abraham's life, he was 100 years old when the promise came to fulfillment. Sarah was 75 years old. You remember what the Apostle Paul told his young protege, Timothy? He said, don't let anyone look down on your youth. So you see, age is never a boundary for God. He'll use you regardless of your age if you're willing to leave the familiar and head towards the unknown. Final thing I want you to see about this is the unexpected results that come from our obedience. You know, the Bible says we can expect two things when we respond to God's call in our life. One's very positive, one might be negative. 
Now, both of these result uh, from uh, the important role of the drama of faith in our life. Both of these things, faith has something to do with them. The first thing we can expect from obedience uh, is a, a newfound intimacy with God. If you look at verse 7, the Bible says, The Lord appeared to Abraham. This is the first time we see this expression in Scripture. This is the first man, other than Adam and Eve, that actually got to see God. So it's an indication of intimacy. God wants to reveal himself to those of us who are willing to obey his word. So if you're feeling estranged from God, you're wondering why you haven't heard from God, perhaps God's just waiting for a step of obedience, a step of faith, a step of action in your life. Now, the second thing that happens when we obey isn't quite as much fun as intimacy with God. If you look at verse 10, it says, At that time, at the time when Abraham did what God called him to do, the Bible says there was a severe famine in the land, and Abraham needed to leave the promised land for a while and go down to Egypt. Now, wait a minute. I, I thought when you obeyed God, everything was hunky-dory. I thought everything worked out perfectly. Well, not exactly. You see, obedience is never the guarantee of an easy, leisurely life. In fact, obedience normally leads to the exact opposite. Obeying God is usually more difficult than not obeying Him. Here's what God's Word reminds us. A life of obedience to God leads to a life of intimacy with God. And that intimacy outweighs any hardship you'll ever encounter. In other words, when you hear God and you obey God, there is this sense of belonging and intimacy with God. Even though there's hardships, those things don't matter. Let me put it this way. Obeying God is worth the price in the here and now because of what you'll receive in the there and then. Now, if you got a pen, I want you to write this down. Unexpected results come from your obedience. So what's God calling you to do today? What kind of legacy does he want you to leave for your family, for your friends, for the next generation? Perhaps it's the fact that you need to step out in faith and trust Jesus for the very first time in your life and simply ask Christ to come into your life, forgive you of your sins, change your life, help you understand God's call in your life. But perhaps you're a believer already and you're just wondering out there, not knowing what God wants you to do. You need to begin to pray, Father, I'm willing to take that step of faith. I'm willing to do what it takes to not only hear your voice, but to obey your voice and once again have a sense of intimacy with you. Why don't we pray this morning and ask God to give us the faith not only to hear, but to obey his voice. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the example of Abraham. Would you use us to change our world? Would you use us to make a difference in the world, to leave a legacy for our family, our friends, our community, for the future generation? We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.